Hello, this is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the How Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here. I have a sexy story to share with you from the erotica author H.C. Holmes. She is a spirited storyteller not to be penned in by one genre, loves to let her sexy light shine, also known as Gigi Wild. She is on Medium, and her website is www.hcholmes.com. I will put all the links down in the podcast notes. But she's an amazing writer, and I really love her work. She also writes darker things that are more they're erotica as well, but they're dark. And she writes, she writes in multiple genres. So check her out on my podcast. I talk about all things related to sexuality, sexual health, erotica, mine and others, sexuality topics and experts, everything to do with sex from entertainment, fantasies to help, advice, guidance for those looking to better their sex lives for themselves and in solo play and with their partner or partners. Okay, so we're going to start this off. Oh, and if you're under 18, it's definitely time to leave the podcast now. This is for adults only, and this is an age gap story. So if you're not into age gap, this might not be the story for you, but she writes in multiple other genres as well and other stories. So check her out, Heather Holmes. She has some stories in myerotica.com on Medium. And this story is a, many people love age gap. This is an age gap stories. And so many people have the fantasy of age gap sex, age gap, messing around, having fun. It's a fantasy. Okay. This is about a young girl. It's called the most popular babysitter in the neighborhood. Okay. We're going to get started on this and I hope that you enjoy this sexy story. I'm only going to read a short portion of it and then we will get on to the interview with Heather Holmes. And I will put all of our links down in the podcast notes. But here's the, the excerpt of Most Popular Babysitter in the Neighborhood. And stay tuned for my amazing talk. Uh, it was, it's a really, it's a great talk with Heather Holmes. It's just, it's very entertaining. And we had a blast. I had such a blast with her. It was so much fun. So stick around for the interview. Parents argued over who got her first. Carrie started babysitting for the Knightleys the summer after her sophomore year, when their old babysitter headed off to college. Now she was the one heading off to college in the fall. Two months to go. <sighs> I'm going to miss these guys when I go to college. She loved babysitting. Well. She loved the money she got from babysitting. The hours spent alone after kids went to bed were so boring. Tonight, over at the Knightley's place, was another boring one. 
Lucas and Amelia are cute, but I'm bored to tears with them in bed so early. Carrie laid her head back on the couch with a sigh. (sighs) What do I do until Brad gets home at, like, midnight? Carrie glanced over at the clock with a groan. Nine-fifteen? Ugh! She pulled her backpack onto her lap, frown on her face. She pulled a zipper open and reached into the purple paisley bag. This is heavier than it should be. Hand reaching in, she wrapped her fingers around a long, thick rod. Eyes closed, she shook her head. No, 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 no. Carrie stared in horror at the fluorescent pink vibrator in her hand. Her best friend had given it to her for her 18th birthday the month before. Bree, what did you do? Eight inches long with a suction cup in multiple settings. Carrie's body shuddered at the memory of what it could do. It was a guaranteed good time. Just not here. She was babysitting for crying out loud. What if the kids came down? How do I explain this? She shook her head at her best friend's antics and thought about her conversation with Bree. They'd been lamenting their sex life, or lack thereof, and talking about whose cocks seemed to be bigger. All valid conversations for frustrated, horny girls like them. Before Brad Knightley picked her up tonight, Carrie lamented to Bree about how hot he was, throwing herself back onto the bed. She told her BFF, Bree, the man is a total dilf, and I love to fuck him. She thought about the way she ran her hands down her body. Fuck, Bree, I want him to be my first, and I'll be sitting in his house for hours by myself tonight. (sighs) She sighed and headed into the bathroom to get ready. Now, vibrator in hand, she laughed at Bree loading up her backpack with something to occupy her time. Carrie watched television, one hand stroking the silicone dick in her lap. She imagined it was Brad Knightley's cock in her hand. Not that she had any experience with it. She wanted some, though, with her Uncle Roger's golfing buddy, the father she was babysitting for, and he'd been nothing but a gentleman to her. All she could think about was playing with his cock and letting him fuck her. Fuck it! Carrie ran upstairs to check on things, ensured the kids were asleep put the dog out, locked the doors, grabbed a bottle of water, a can of ginger ale, a chocolate bar, and some popcorn. She settled herself on the recliner in front of the television, where she flipped over to the always-open porn account. She figured the account was Mr. Knightley's. His wife seemed too high-strung to watch porn. 
top of the favorites list was a porno featuring a Catholic schoolgirl in a skimpy uniform, no panties, and a principal who got filthy with his punishments in detention. As a Catholic schoolgirl, Carrie loved this one. She always put Brad Knightley into the role of principal, the fantasy she'd fucked herself to more than once. Tonight would be no different. With the video playing, Carrie spread the plaid throw over the recliner and stripped down to her pale pink lingerie. She spilled over the cups of the lacy bra. It made Carrie feel naughty. She liked how being naughty struck her core. In Brad's recliner, half-naked with a vibrator in her hand, was as naughty as she'd ever been. Not as naughty as she wanted to be. Oh, (laughs) I like this part. Carrie licked her lips, her hands kneading her perch breasts. She gasped as her fingers nudged her hard nipples. The opening sequence started. She loved watching the head cheerleader join in after finding the girl in the movie fucking the quarterback. Carrie liked how watching the two women together made her sex clench. The way the cheerleader dove between the other girl's legs, head bobbing as she lapped at her pussy. Fuck yeah, I like that. Carrie pulled her lip between her teeth her finger and thumb pinching her nipple. Back arched, she squirmed on the blanket, desperate for more. The schoolgirl talked back to the teacher. Carrie slipped her fingers into her panties, swirling them around her clit. Sent to the principal's office, the girl twirled her pigtail, telling him she'd been a bad girl. Carrie's hips jerked upwards as she dipped one finger into her cunt. The older man looked at the girl over his glasses and frowned. He invited her to sit in the chair across from his desk. Juices slurping, Carrie plunged her finger in and out of her sopping channel, her battery-operated cock forgotten in the throes of her lust-filled imagination. Eyes closed, head back. Her moans filled the room. Confident she was alone, Carrie let herself get taken away by her fantasy of Brad's tongue licking her pussy. Oh, oh, Brad, yes, oh, yes, fuck. Her fingers plucked her nipple, pulling it taut as she screamed and shuddered with fantasy. Across the room, Hidden in the shadows of the doorway, hungry eyes watched Carrie fuck herself. A hand stroked the rigid steel pipe of a cock, straining at the zipper of his slacks. Okay, that's the end of the excerpt. Ooh, it's so delicious. You need to read the rest of this story. I believe she has written follow-up stories to this particular story and I have read them. Uh, Let me see. It's a multiple partner story with the babysitter. So you should totally read this. It is so hot. You should check out Heather on Medium. She has so many stories and 
really, really amazing stuff. She's a fantastic writer. So check her out. Okay, so now we're going to get into the interview portion of this podcast episode. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Hello, everyone. I am so excited you're here. I am really pumped and excited to talk to this author. I love the range that she writes in. And it's just really, it's gonna be really fun to talk with her. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what she does. She's on Medium and she writes in erotica and erotic horror and some other areas as well. We'll get into that with her. And Heather... C. Holmes is her name. So you, you got to look for her on Medium. She's also on Twitter. She has books on Amazon on a different name, and she's on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's just going to be fun. I am so curious. So on Medium, you write general erotica, erotic horror, and what other areas do you delve into on Medium? Um, I pretty much write wherever the story becomes. I start with a story and sometimes I know exactly where it's going. And sometimes I get to the end, reread it and go, well, how in the world did I get there? (laughs) Ends up something I have no idea where it's going. But my, the ones I do most are family. I do live with my in-laws. So there's a lot of material there. Oh, sure. Um, (laughs) I can imagine. I have a large family. We have seven kids. So there's a lot of material for family stuff. So I like, I'd write family and drama, horror, transgressive fiction, erotica, you name it. I write it at one point or another. I love that because I love to write across genres too. So I totally appreciate that type of writing or type of writer, I guess we should say. And genre bending is my favorite, like mm, mixing yes. them. Because mm-hmm. people never expect that. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I've been, done some bending and then people get mad. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> They get like like, pissed off. If you don't like it, don't read it. (laughs) But but then also I'm kind of like, yes, damn, I got a reaction. That's what I want. I don't care that you're pissed off. Fuck yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, I've made you think. I've Uh got a visceral reaction from you. You're responding to me. Uh Right. I'm going to write that one again somehow. Exactly. Even if they're like ranting and raving and pissed off. I just. They think they've got you over a barrel. And then you're right. at one point they have got to realize, wait, wait, she wrote another one like that. Damn. <laughs> I know. I know. I have this series that I I'm doing on medium that I call redemption granted. Okay. And it's a series. I loosely subtitled the corrupt Catholics series. Mm, nice. I'm not a Catholic. I have never been a Catholic. I'm not even anti-Catholic <laughs> or anti-Christian. This right. series just started because there's a publication on Medium. And to get it, you have to become a writer on the publication. You comment on the submission guidelines and say, you know, I'd like to, you know, asking for redemption or something like that. And the editor comes back and says, redemption granted. I gotcha. When they accepted me as a writer, I kind of suddenly had an image of a corrupt priest and it all <laughs> hell in a handcart from there. <laughs> Very nice. Book num- story number four. Okay. Oh, I'm, and I'm I've got at, least, at least one or two more left to go. Very nice. That's very intriguing. I just... and, it's, and it's all over the map. Like there is, it's transgress- transgressive, it's horror, it's erotica. Some have all of it, some have none of it. It's 
all over the map. That's awesome. Well, I really didn't know about Medium until another writer was telling me about it and I am loving it. What's yeah. your experience with it? Obviously you I, enjoy it. it. Well, I call it Facebook for writers. Okay. Only it's way better than Facebook because I we, hope all, so. <laughs> we all have a common goal, which mm-hmm. is for our words to be read and our voices to be heard. Sure. Yes. Unlike Facebook, which is just to piss everybody else off. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I've not had a horrible experience. I've enjoyed my time with Medium. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad I found it. And I found it because a friend of my husband's turned around and said to him, isn't she on medium? Doesn't she should be there? And I'm like, what the hell is that? I know. Right. And they're like, no, no, you should look it up. And I'm like, this rocks. Oh yeah. (laughs) I know. And well, I originally found it under my, I write under my real name as well. And I had published something like several years ago and I just thought it was a place to publish things. So I didn't really do anything. I did like one article and then I never did anything. And then I was talking with someone and they told me, you know, it's a great place for erotica authors. You can get paid, you can get heard. And it's just an amazing, and I am, I am shocked. I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's quite the community of erotica writers. Yes. It's almost like a little family. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Incestuous, of course, but you know, right. right? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) Absolutely. Go big or go home, right? Yes. Hell yes. Okay. So I go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I find that the community on Medium has translated onto Twitter a fair bit too. Yeah. I feel like it's good on Twitter. It's almost like it's like a family because you can't escape them. (laughs) Right. Not that not, I want to, not that I want to, but it's like, you look at them like, wait, I know, I know that story. Oh, you're so yes. much. Oh my God. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where it kind of started more. Like did it start more on Twitter or did it start on medium? Like which way did it start and which way did it bleed? It's hard to say because mm-hmm. they're both kind of cesspools in some ways. <laughs> right. I know. Right. <laughs> or, well, Twitter's a bigger cesspool, but that's only because yeah. there's more instantaneous communication. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's easier. <laughs> But, you know, cesspools are fun. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Totally. I agree. <laughs> okay. So I always ask everyone this this question. It's not my little icebreaker question. What is your favorite sexual position and why? Just one. Well, do you have a top one? Or you can talk about more than one. You can list as many as you want. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by... The Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven 
for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Well... I don't know that I have a favorite. Kind of hard to pick, I know. Uh-huh. Because they all have the same goal in mind. And really, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> True. You know, if you don't orgasm, it doesn't matter what you're doing to get there. You just need to get there. That's absolutely true. So I'm going to plead the fifth and not pick one because I really, my goal is to orgasm. As long as I do that, I'm good. Absolutely. Good answer. I like it. as often as possible oh absolutely i mean you know men can come much easier than we can when they're young but boy that multiple orgasm thing fuck yes Uh, yeah color yourselves green now gentlemen because i know right anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) i mean some men can can do you know more than one in a session but it all depends on the man and their body and their health and all that yeah, kind of stuff. You can roll one over into the other and have like five in like two minutes. Yes. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. I'll stay a woman. Thanks. I'm oh, exactly. Exactly. I just found this new toy, which is like blowing my mind. It is the best toy I've ever tried in my life. And it's called the Zumio. Have you heard of it? I think I saw your post on it. Okay. Do you like sex toys or you're not into sex toys? Okay. Well, <laughs> let's not talk <laughs> about my daughter deciding to look for something in my side table. Okay. Oh, whoops. <laughs> you might have asked mama before you did that, honey. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Try that next time. Okay. Oopsie. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yes, funny. I am. Absolutely. Awesome. What's your favorite one? My, I think my favorite at the moment, because it changes depending on need and where I am at any given moment, but I think currently it's my my DP one. Nice. Okay. Perfect. That that one's, I, although I'm a little greedy, so I find that they're never big enough for me, but I gotcha. (laughs) We all like, we like, right? Yeah. You know, and it's just goes that way, but yeah, no, I find, I find that with, when it comes to, to sex toys, I've been telling friends over the years, like for far longer than I'd care to admit to being. (laughs) If you can't figure out how to get yourself from A to, oh my God, nobody else can do it for you. True. So like, I remember years ago when I was actually still a virgin, so that's how long ago it was. um, (laughs) Remember a friend of mine who was not a virgin was totally, I can't do that. Oh my God, touch myself. Oh, Oh, no. Seriously? I'm like, if wow. you can't figure out where things go and how to make yourself feel good, how can you expect a guy to do it? 
Oh, exactly. And she's like, oh, but I, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, well, I can, you've not used it. Give me the damn thing. That was, I know, right. (laughs) I stole her. (laughs) She was still like packaged from the, from the purchasing. And give it to me. I'll use it then. And do you use it? I'm like (laughs) every day, twice, like (laughs) use that. I'm like, I can't believe you don't move on. Let's get a sad. She had, she was so shamed. She couldn't even do it. That's, that's and just... she, she grew up in the Catholic school system. She oh, grew up yeah. a Catholic girl. And she was just like, Oh, I, I can't do that. It's like, honey, I know how old you were when you lost your virginity. How can you say that? <laughs> I know. Right. It's like contradictory. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason people make fun of good little Catholic girls. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think if people don't know how to orgasm, get a damn sex toy. Learn about your damn body. You will learn quickly with a sex toy. I've I've spoken to a lot of people over the years. And the one recurring theme I've noticed more than anything is that women in general, in general, there's a theme amongst women where they don't know how to handle or deal with sex. They can't talk about it. They can't participate in it. They can't think about it. (gasps) Oh my God, touch myself. (gasps) I have a what, where, you know, like, right. I would love to get involved with a workshop or a retreat or something to help women get past that and empower themselves as sexual beings. Oh, yes. I would so get into doing the same thing. My, I would, I would love to do that to just go and spend a weekend or like four or five days and just say, if you want to figure out what the hell that little thingy does in your vagina. You know, it's called a clit. It does stuff. It does really good stuff. <laughs> it does really good stuff. <laughs> I would love that. That would be my, I just have no idea how to get it going. Oh, right. And I know some people do that, but yeah, I would, I would totally love to do such a thing too. I just, I really, I want, just makes, bothers me that so many women out there haven't come or don't know how to come. They don't know what to do. They're shamed. They're yeah. It just it bothers it irks me, me that a lot of their <laughs> issues come from their parents and their church. Exactly. Like I I know I have this one friend whose wife has expressed things that her mother told her, well, you just lay, it'll be over with. And then you have a couple of kids to do it again. Really? What the fuck? If that was the parameters. Oh my God. I I just like, just, I'd live in the shower with my adjustable shower head and all my toys. Oh yeah. It makes no sense. Okay. People who are like totally religious like that, I'm going to remind them. God's the one who gave you the sex organs. Right? It's like nobody in the Bible is celibate people, including Christ. I know, right? I mean, come on. How do you think Moses had kept like how many wives he had and how many kids? Seriously? Right. Nobody ever talks about that, do they? They don't. That's a good point. You know, like there's nobody in the Bible is celibate. They all have like 20 kids per wife and everything else. And they live for like, (laughs) Three, four hundred years. What are they? They're celibate for 300 years. Oh, just kill me now. How did we just totally misrepresent that and like just switch it over to like being this like you have to be pure and only can do this and you can only have sex to have kids. Where has this come from? It's not even in the Bible. It's control. It's the it's the Romans bringing Christianity into the forefront, getting rid of paganism, which were very free. Right. Sexually free and aware and goddess empowerment and everything else. Right. To control the populace. Yeah, true. 
True. But that is a whole other podcast. Oh man, I know, right? I mean, you could just sit and talk about that forever. I could. <laughs> I could too. Absolutely, I could. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more and more. I like that. We can do this as many times as you want because I Anything. love to do it. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about writing. First off, I want to ask, tell me about your 100 story challenge thing you're doing on Medium. What's that about? Well, uh, somebody's post came across my feed on Medium saying that he was doing a hundred story challenge. He was doing one, 100 stories in 100 days. So he was doing it like that one every day. And I thought, okay, that's a really great way to build momentum, to build uh, routine and scheduling and, and things like that. And I have a real problem with priority management. <laughs> <laughs> my middle initial might be C, but it really should be P for procrastination. <laughs> I work better under a deadline. I mean, I, sure. I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times in college and high school that, hey, did you do that essay? It's due today. It's due today. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> I went in a couple of hours. Right. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, I, I could do that. I could do that. And I thought, let's do it one step further. So I'm doing, I don't do microfiction well. Okay. As you can tell, I like to talk. Translates mm-hmm. into my writing. Yep. I get it. Like for me, doing a 500 word story is a stretch. <laughs> oh, for me too. That is an I, issue for me. Like I write it and I'm like, okay, there's so much more. No, 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 no. Right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do 100 <laughs> words in each of 100 stories in 100 days. Mm, wow. So each story is a different topic, different whatever. It's they're not connected in any other way except that they're 100 words each. Yeah, that's a huge challenge, really. You've got to get good at it by the end of that, right? I mean, I'm getting better at it. Like the one I the one I wrote yesterday was about started out all creepy and he this guy walks into his into his house and he's he's scared and everything else. And the only thing I what was the last line? The only thing I fear more than losing my wife is hearing her say, Look what I made for dinner, darling. Right. Right. Oh. I, I giggled my ass off as I as I'm writing it. I'm like, oh my God, that is so good. Was it where I was going with that story? Right. I wanted it to be like a jump scare or something, and that's where it ended up. And I'm like, I'll just leave it like that then. I love that. I mean, think about how much you can deliver in one sentence. I mean, that is that's and, awesome. And that's what it's really taught me is, mm-hmm. is the less is more. What can I say in a hundred words that I could also say in 500 words or 750 words? Right. I mean, it's kind of like writing poetry or writing Twitter tweet. You have to fit in this little, little tiny little right. confine. Because yeah. you, you, you write the tweet and you're like, damn it, I have to edit that now. I know exactly. You're like one character over and you're like, fuck, what can I take out? And you know, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's good though. I think it really hones your writing to do such things. I've been doing two weeks, done 14 days today when I get my story written, which will be done afterwards. So look for yourself, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Um, So today's day 15. I've done two weeks and I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. And one of the things that I like about Medium, which I didn't know when I first started, is that people, short pieces do better on Medium than long. Yes. I try to keep everything I write below three grand. Yeah. See, I'm terrible. See, I, my shrinking right now, when I write something short, is like 5,000 words. And I'm like, damn it. Let's but you can at least take that and split it into two pieces and they'll yeah. accept that 
because it's two separate, do it like, you know, two days apart or something like that to publish. Sure. Them. And yep, they look yep. at like, okay, I can do that. But you right. throw that five grand all together and they're like, it's like tilt. It's like toppling <laughs> over an old uh, pinball machine. Right. Yeah. So shorter is better. And you know, when yeah. I first started on there, someone told me that I'm like, oh, okay. Shorter is better on medium. Yeah. Uh, and there's, and there's some writers there that are just fantastic at the 1000 words or less stories. Yes. Oh yes. So I think I'm that takes practice. Yet. I'm slowly getting there, but I still like my two to 3000 word stories sent tends to be where I center myself. Yeah. I can, I can totally yeah, I actually wrote one recently. I think that was 2000. And I felt that too. I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's not 5,000, but 2000 was nice. But 1000 has got to be a challenge, even 100 words. Oh yeah. It's, it's been a challenge. And there are days when I, I like looking at it, go on my word count, like, damn it, 110 words. Okay. I want this story. Let's fix it. And <laughs> right. I edit the hell out of it. And by the end of it, it's like, it's like, okay, it's 101 words. Oh, oh, I could take she had and make it she done. Yes, exactly. Throw an apostrophe in there and I have a down a word. <laughs> so which publications are you in on Medium? You're in, uh, you do okay. erotic horror. I do the publications. I'm an editor with the gray area and I publish mm-hmm. with them. I do a weekly Heather's horror piece with them. Mm-hmm. What I'm titling macabre Mondays. Oh, nice. There's. I do with Bella Cooper books, My Erotica, The Lark, The Haven, Sex Expressions, mm. Enjoyable Sex, Micro Erotica, Redemption Mag, Tantalizing Tales. Uh, oh, there's another one. I can I always get the title wrong. I think it's uh, Traditional Love. Okay. That's when I'm in traditional love, yeah. romance and traditional relationships. No, what yeah. is it? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just published one in that one too. You know, do you find it hard to keep up with that many publications or is it just not a big deal? You just do it whenever um, you can. I, I write my stories and figure out where they belong. Sure. Good um, point. Publications will go a week or two with nothing. And then some will, it'll be, you know, two in a week. It depends yeah. on what, what I feel belongs where. That's I the also benefit to my, being in so many, I guess, huh? I also own two publications. Okay. Heather's Word Bites, which is just something that stuff that I want to keep for myself rather than sharing it to somebody else's publication. Mm. Uh, like I have this one fan fiction that was a, an erotic fan fiction about Barney, the purple dinosaur. So I put that in my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> more more about the, the people within the costumes rather than okay. the for itself. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was a fun one to write. I bet. Um, and that's where my hundred story challenge is, is in Heather's Word Bites. Oh, okay. And the other one is Beyond the Veil, which highlights my mediumship and my work. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, and then is your writing strictly write for medium or do you write in other places as well? Um, I'm also on Simile. Okay. I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah. It's, I don't know the whole ins and outs of how it started, but there's a lot of uh, writers have left medium or do both Simile mm. and, um, so it's not, it's, it's been not, it's been slow going. It's only been up less than a year, maybe okay. um, so I've only been on it a couple of weeks. And so we've been slow going, getting stuff published there and whatnot. And, Right now I'm, I'm moving stuff between the two and figuring out where I'm going to put what and whatnot. Now, can and you earn money on that one as well? Yes. Okay. 
I tried vocal. I hated vocal. Mm. Hated vocal. Did I say that twice? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, I have a subscribe star site. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Do you like subscribe star? Yeah, I do. Actually. I do. It's my biggest problem for myself is marketing myself. I can talk to the cows at home, but do not ask me to sell myself. I'm not good at it. It's one of my weaknesses. Yeah. We're trying my best to get better at it. (laughs) And it can can be a chore too. And then it's, we have so many restrictions as well, like especially on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I find relieving myself of Amazon has definitely helped. It's helped relieve the stress. I'm not worried about Amazon anymore. I'm not worried about checking stats or anything. Like I just, I was so consumed with that for a while that it overshadowed other things. I was like, this isn't good for me. Right. I need to focus on something else. Well, it's nice that there are alternatives to Amazon. I mean, that they exist and that they're out there, you know? Yes. Yes. I mean, Amazon can be a big monster in a lot of ways. Yep. In a lot of different areas too, not just as Mm -hmm. a publisher. Right. And I know that if you want your books in print format and you want them out into the like bookstores and stuff like that, a lot of them won't deal with Amazon. Right. At all. You have to deal with like did draft to digital and Ingram spark and stuff like that instead. Right. Yeah. Barnes and Noble or something. Yeah. Yeah. So smash words. I know people use smash words. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I find that I need to not, and I find this on medium as well, even though it sounds like I have a lot of publications that I publish to, I find that I don't have as many as others do. Like I know, I know writers who have like an arm's length list of publications they publish to. And I'm like, wow. I can't do it. For me, it's too fragmented. It takes me longer to pick which publication I want a piece to go into than it does to write the damn piece. Right. Yeah, just my personality. Absolutely. Yeah. But so I, I keep my list, my, my friends close and my enemies close, my friends closer or whatever that saying is. Yeah. I yeah. Keep my list small and keep it manageable. It makes it easier for me. Right. Your Same list thing. seems giant to me. I'm only on three. So, you know, <laughs> but I've, I've been, I just celebrated a year on medium. Oh, sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. So ja- January 21st was my first anniversary on medium. Nice. Well, that's nice. I just, I'm glad to hear that you like it and it's a good place because I just joined and I'm liking it. So I'm hoping that continues. Yep. It's, it's really been an eye opener and it's really brought a community for me, yep. of writers, which has been nice. What I think is kind of nice about it, not nice, not kind of nice, really nice is that, you know, you're going to put something up on Amazon. That's great. But you have to have a cover that's custom. You have to format it. You have to do yeah. this, that, and the other thing. And for Medium, you just can write it, edit it, and plop. There you go. Find a picture. Hey, there, you're done. All you have to do is credit the picture and you're good. Exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> absolutely. It's much less stress. <laughs> It is. And you still get your words out and people can read them. And it's, yeah. And you get the feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feedback on Amazon, like trying to get a review on Amazon. It's like pulling fucking teeth, man. (laughs) Absolutely. It just kills me. I'm like, you can't even write one sentence. And I get it. Some people don't want other people to know that they read something, you know, especially if it's erotica. I get that. But come on, it's not that hard. I mean, do you really care? Do you really care? I don't well, care. And that's the whole thing. It's like, what you doesn't mean you're a bad person. Like exactly do reflects on who you are when it comes to reading and stuff like that. Okay. Right. I mean, hell, if you saw some of the crap I looked up on my browser, 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I wrote a, a piece recently called Think Tank. Okay. Which about a group of engineers trying to develop software. Okay. I won't get into it because there's a twist. But I had to look up some sketchy, we'll call it, information for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm looking it up, I'm like, I feel like I should have a disclaimer on the front of my computer. <laughs> Please disregard browser history. I'm a writer. Like, <laughs> Right, exactly. I have a reason. But it's true. You see that on mugs and stuff and it's like, oh, ha ha, that's funny. But it's true. Right. <laughs> because yes. the crap you look up, you think, you know, if somebody looked up, like <laughs> I wrote last year, I was looking up cyanide poisoning. Cyanide. Right, right, right. <laughs> and here I am telling people I live with my mother-in-law and I'm looking up cyanide poisoning. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, great. I'm like, let's make sure there's never cyanide in the house. <laughs> No, right. Pretty much love that. I think that's awesome. But it's true. I mean, you want to be accurate. So, you know, if your character is going to do some kind of shit like that, you need to know. Who has the Encyclopedia Britannica in their houses anymore? Oh, I know, right? I don't now, know. Granted, we know do it. have a full set from the 1970s in a box okay. in somewhere, but I'm not taking <laughs> to look up cyanide poisoning. No, that's like too much work when you can just get it right on the internet. Right. And mm-hmm. then just hope to God nobody ever finds it. <laughs> Exactly. I know. I always wonder that too. Like, you know, somebody like keeping track of this, you know, <laughs> I look at some crazy stuff when, sometimes. Too. And and I have a, a friend who's a, an erotica writer who one of the first things she said to me, she's been kind of like a mentor to me. And one of the first things she said to me is uh, this scene that she was reading a piece of mine said, this scene is good, but look at, look up a video on Pornhub and then describe it. And that'll help your writing get better. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah. Never, never thought of that. Like yeah. I could picture it in my mind, but I'd never thought of it like that. So I do that. And I'm like, God, no wonder I keep my kids away from my laptop. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you privatize that window. Something's going to slide through. <laughs> oh, exactly. I know. I actually did that recently for my podcast. I, I created a story. I watched a porno and then I used it as a basis to create a story. And I didn't copy it exactly, but I used pieces of it to create the story. It was really fun. And it just, I don't know, for me, it was just that visual was just very effective. It, just, it yeah. makes a difference that you don't realize it's going to make. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. you do it the first time. Right. And then after that, that's what you look for. Yep. Yep. And and then, like I said, you just, you know, my husband will walk in and I'll be like, yeah. Um, so there's a reason I'm watching this. <laughs> and he'll be like tonight. I'm like, sure. Why not? <laughs> right, exactly. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> We have so much fun, don't we? I mean, as an author, a writer, I just so much damn fun. Well, I had a friend of mine ask me, I told him I was going to be speaking with you and, and he turns around and he goes, so what is life as a, as a writer, as an erotica writer, like, like, mm. is, does it make your sex life better? And I'm like, well, how could it not? I know. Right. If it doesn't, you're doing something wrong somewhere. Very true. Because one will, should lead into the other, you know, yep, like, yeah. And everything is a story. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. As a writer in general, not even just erotica, everything is a story. Oh, they, yes, their stories are everywhere. I know that's the other thing. It's like, I will never be bored over my entire life because I love to write and I can't get enough of it. You know, and I have so many things I want to do. Never going to run out of content. No. And I've been doing that my whole life. Like, I remember be, I've always been a people watcher. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I am quite reserved until you get to know me. Ah, uh, yep. For the most part, 
for the most part, because I've, I've read your work. I heard the audiobook that you, a couple of audiobooks that you've done and whatnot. Oh, okay. I, I had a, a connection. Ooh, so I, nice. <laughs> I feel rather comfortable. Awesome. I love but, that. But aside from that, like for the most part, I'll sit back until you get to know me and then you just have to look out. Sure. Sure. Because it's all fair game at that point. But I've always been a people watcher, made up stories. And, you know, what if that couple over there, if they were doing blah, 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 blah. Yes. And look at me funny. You'd be like, what? You don't think about this? <laughs> you know, right. And they're like, no, we don't think about stuff like that. I'm like, oh, well, sucks to be you. <laughs> sucks to be you. Yes, yes. Because I'm the same as you. Sucks to be you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you live a boring life. But you're looking at strangers. I'm like, yeah, but look at the life I just built for them. I know, look right? how much better their life is now. <laughs> <laughs> or their hidden life. Maybe they have a good hidden life, right? Yes. You mm-hmm. never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. It's all fun. <laughs> And then hopefully make money doing something like it, right? Oh, absolutely. I think it's awesome. So what brought you to the the horror, erotica horror? Like, do you just like horror in general? Or what brought you to doing that kind of writing? Um, I've always been a little bit on the dark side. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic started, I needed something to focus on. So I started to do writing prompts for a yeah. blog I had. And every day I would go on writerswrite.co.za and they do daily writing prompts. Mm. And I would do one every day and just, I'd write the story. It Sometimes they were 250 words. Sometimes they were 1500 words. I never knew where it was going. I never knew what it was going to be about nothing. And I did that from May of 20 till January of 21. Nice. And I did probably about 220. Wow. Time frame. That's amazing. And I found that a lot of them went to sex, death, horror, or a combination thereof. Sure. And I just started, I figured out that I'm kind of good at it. Right. You found your niche by doing that. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I have some pretty twisted twists with it. Like some that make you kind of sit back and go, wow, okay, I'm going to watch her now. Right. Like there, there's been a couple of stories where I turned to my husband. I'm like, how are you not afraid of me? I know. Right. So funny. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the ones where the wife kills the husband or something. I'm like, how are you afraid of me? And he's like, eh, he's like, what have I got to lose now? I'm like, oh, fair enough. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you do, do you do horror itself or is it always erotic horror? I do both. Like I I do. One of my favorite ones so far uh, is one called Demons Within that I have on tantalizing tales. And uh, it's, it started out as a prompt for a vocal, one of their challenges last summer. Mm. It morphed into something much bigger than what their challenge was. Okay. And it's actually morphed into a three-part series that I'm working on. Nice. Yeah. And it's horror. There's no erotic in it. It's just horror. And it's, it was rather, uh, chilling to write it. Like, Mm. and I was, I remember reading it afterwards and going, wow, this came from my head. I love that. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. Whoever. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those ones that makes you think and it's gory without being in your face gory. Like you can, you see the gore, but it's more off screen gore than on screen gore. 
so like there's violence in it, but it's off screen. You don't see it in the scene itself. You just see the aftermath of it. Okay, sure. And uh, it's one of my favorite horror ones so far. That's awesome. Now, where are you going to have that go to for a final home? Um, it's in, it's on medium right now. Okay. It's got the other two pieces when they're finally done, will probably go on medium as well. And I have, um, I actually have been suggested by a friend to try my hand at screenwriting. Oh, nice. That would be interesting. And I have a few of my short stories earmarked for that and demons within is one of them. Oh, nice. I think that's a whole nother thing I've never attempted, but I I think it's interesting. I wonder what's different about it. It's more actually a dream of mine from childhood. Oh, okay, cool. It's always been to be a published author and I've always wanted to be a screenwriter. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. Don't know why I've never, I'm an old movie buff, like Alfred Hitchcock era. Okay. Yep. But I've never, I've never wanted to study film or anything. Never wanted to cinema. No, never wanted to get into anything to do with it. But I always wanted to be a screenwriter. The writing part. Yeah. 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 Very so interesting. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just fun to to do different things like that too. And I think it makes you a better writer overall when you do that. When you write across genres and across different types of writing, I don't know. I just it makes a difference. I think the one thing I've learned. It doesn't matter what area you're talking about, being in writing, whatever, you have to keep challenging yourself. Yes, absolutely. Challenging yourself, you stop growing in whatever genre or whatever venture you're in. You stop Mm. growing. When you stop growing, you stagnate. When you stagnate, then you're not getting anywhere. Exactly. And then it gets boring. And when it gets boring, you want to stop. Yep. The one thing I have never been with my writing is boring. Oh no, me neither. There's just, I want to do more and more and more in different genres. And yeah, it's funny though. Like I've been writing erotica for like a year and then I just recently wrote this romance story and I had to like, not, it was, it was painful to not put sex into it. I'm like, ah, damn, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Right. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That publication you got published in with that romance. Yeah. Rejected what I mean because I couldn't not do it. I know it like, <laughs> I'm like, I oh. desperately, but I just couldn't. <laughs> it's a, it's a giant challenge. I know, but I intend on having another story on that publication because damn it, it's exactly. not beat me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your favorite part of the writing process? Do you like to create it? Do you just like just to write it? Do you like to edit? Everybody's different. <sighs> Editing sucks. I hate editing. It's, it's, it's painful. I, mean, I use pro writing aid when I, I self edit, I use pro writing aid and I love it. Sure. Absolutely okay. But I hate editing in general. Editing oh, sucks. I know. Absolutely sucks. And I, when I say I've edited, I've edited like 377 page books. Right. Chapter by chapter. And they <sighs> suck to edit. Right. I have one more that I'm editing to be put up on Amazon to finish non-erotic series that I have. And I, I've been in the editing process for a year now because I just cannot finish it. Oh, I totally understand. It's so painful. I think for me, it's finally getting, getting into the zone. Mm, yep. Because like I, I have probably over 200 whips on my computer mm. where it's like one page in pages, one page with maybe a title, but usually just a 
this is what it's going to be about. And it's usually like three lines, you know, sure, boy meets sure. girl, they, you know, get it on in a car, you know, something, whatever. Right. Yep. Yep. And then I put it aside. Right. And eventually I'll go back to it, but I have probably easily 200 of them. You'll and never be bored. You'll never run out of content. I won't, I won't, but I have to be in the mood to write it. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't look at it and just say, okay, I'm going to write this one today. Sure. I have, have to be in the zone, but once I get in the zone, get out of my way. Yep. I get because that. once I, I'll sit there till three o'clock in the morning, finishing that story, <laughs> because I'm in the zone and I want it done. Yep. Yep. And when, but it's getting into the zone is just a lot of fun. It is. It is. And yeah, I know it's, it's so different too, when you're in the zone and when you try to force it, it just doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah. I think that's why I would never really work in journalism. No, oh, right. Cause you have to do it on a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, deadlines help because if I have a deadline, I know, okay, I have a piece that needs to be done by the 16th of February and I leave it till the 15th. I know that's my <laughs> procrastination coming through and I'll get it done. Right. But, but it's easier if it's something that I'm allowing to do organically. Right. Yep. Yep. But yeah. more of a soft deadline, not enough journalism. Yeah. I think more of like hard deadline. You have to. Yeah. God. Yeah. No, that would drive me insane. It'd be hard. But yeah, I like, I like the actual writing of it, the coming up with the, the twists and, and the scenes and stuff like that. But I think if I'm going to pick the best part is rereading it to see what happens with the story, because I'm not always aware of where it goes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a medium, as I said earlier, and I find that a lot of my stories just occur to me. Like they, I don't plan them out. They just happen. Yep. Yep. I never know. Like people will say, wow, that was a really good twist. I'm like, yeah, I shocked the hell out of me too. (laughs) And they're like, what? It shocked you. (laughs) Didn't you plan it? I'm like, you know how there's like plotsers and pantsers? I'm not even a pantser because I don't wear any. Because like, (laughs) seriously, I I just can't do it. Right. Lucky if I get, you know, base three lines of an outline. And I know people who do like three page outlines for like a 4,000 word short story. Oh my gosh. That that sounds painful actually. You know, right. I mean, I have something, but I don't have that much that like, I've I've seen people go all where they almost write the entire story in an outline and then just (sighs) put it into a prose format. And I'm like, well, you just wrote the story twice. What's the I point? know, right? That sounds like too hard to mesh up, you know, like you're comparing <laughs> one to the other and it just sounds like, yeah. You might as well just, if you're going to take that much time to write an outline, just sit and write the damn story. Exactly. Huh. It's interesting how we're all different, but I guess whatever works for you, works for you. But and, and you know what? You know what? I love listening to other writers talk about their process. Oh, I do too. I love it. That's one of the things I love about doing all these interviews. Yes. Really brings home the dichotomy between us all and how we're all so different and what we can still learn from each other. Even though I've been working this way for a long time, I could hear your, your system and go, Hey, that's a good idea. I should try that. Right. There's always something that you can learn. Because once you stop learning, you might as well just lay down and die. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I know. And what I love too, about writers is they're so, I don't know, we're just so more open-minded. Like, you know, yes, we might you with the way someone does something, but it's still interesting. Yes. Some writers, some yeah. writers, not so much. <laughs> right. I, I can, I can totally understand that statement. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you want to, if you want to really be specific, erotica writers are a whole breed under themselves. Oh, totally. Totally agree. Yeah. They're, they're a breed under themselves. Yep. And they, yeah. 
that's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's just fun. I love that statement. Oh, yeah. So what's your definition of success? Like if you were to say, I feel like I am successful as a writer, what's your definition? Well, I do feel like I'm successful as a writer. And my definition for that would be hands down the biggest thing I haven't given up. Yes. I've not given up. I've not just said, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I, I keep going. I keep plugging along. I keep writing my stories. I keep putting them out there, hoping they resonate with somebody and surprised when at the ones that do sometimes. Right. True. Getting comments and going, wow, you got that out of that story. Cool. <laughs> yes. Not what I got out of it, but Hey, <laughs> and I think that that's one of the biggest things for me is just not laying down and giving up and continuing on because showing me that my dreams are worth it, but it's showing my kids that their dreams are worth it. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Like, what would I be showing my kids and teaching them if I gave up on my dreams? Very true. They, I'd be, I'd be telling them that their dreams don't matter. If yep. somebody can't do it, just don't do it then. But right. that's not the way it is. No. And I, I need to show them that. Right. And to just never give up in general about anything that you want. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I I am actually reaching readers just warms my heart. Oh, absolutely. Getting the comments and 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 the feedback and and even if the people say they don't like it, I don't care. It's it's feedback. It's like, wow, what don't you like about it? Talk to me. Right, exactly. And and just seeing the the wide range of readers that I end up having. Oh yeah. Because it's surprising sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, almost, you know, every comment is valuable in some way. If they're going to come, if they feel moved enough to write about a comment about your writing, yep. it's valuable in some, in some way, always, even if it's a total dig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of like those total digs because like, ah, yes, I got under your fucking skin. Fuck yes. Compliments. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. yeah, go ahead and say what you want, but I got under your skin. And and that and honestly, that's what you want. Yeah, I mean yes, the, the wow, what a great story comments are fantastic. But the ones where you've gotten their riled them up and gotten their <laughs> anger going or irked them, then yep. you're like, Yes, now I really got you. Exactly. So it's the joke is kind of on them, especially people go around doing this nasty stuff. It's like yeah, yeah. I moved you enough to piss you off to take time out of your day to comment on my. Yes. Yeah. I love that. That's the best. The best. It really yep. is. Yep. And and I I remember talking to somebody once and they were asking me about negative comments and stuff like that. I said the thing with mm -hmm. negative comments is you have to make sure that you can suss out where the comment is coming from. If right. the negative comment is actually constructive criticism right. and coming from a place of love and wanting you to grow as a writer, right. or is it coming from a place of jealousy where that person just wants to take yes, you down? Yes, exactly. Because if they just want to take you down, then just walk away because that's all they're trying to do and it's not worth your time. And usually you can tell by what they say, which yes. angle they the are coming from. energy around it too, yeah. Mm -hmm. It comes out very clearly in it, yes. Exactly, yes. exactly. And I've actually had a few comments like that on Medium. Mm, okay, yep. Where it's, you read it and you're like, wow, wow, your eyes, they must be like glowing green. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wish I could see your face right now and as you're typing that. funny because they're all from the same writer. 
Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I just laugh. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, I don't even acknowledge anymore. Because like, there's wow. been several and I'm just like, whatever. You keep That's spouting cool. that stuff at me and I'm just going to laugh at you and keep writing anyway. So <laughs> I don't care. Got nothing better to do, apparently. Apparently. But if that keeps them reading, knock yourself out. I know, right? Then the thing is, in the end, they read your work. That's right. <laughs> And you, you win more of it. <laughs> and you feel you feel like you're 12 again. I win. I win. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like you can stick it back to them. We're like, oh, well, yeah, but you still read my work. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been that bad. How many times did you comment it? <laughs> you know, right. So I've kind of gotten over negative comments for this very reason. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm looking at this the wrong way. This is how I need to look at it. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. It you, have is. To, you have to have a positive outlook and be able to laugh at yourself. If you can't do that, just walk away from writing now. You exactly. cannot have a thin skin when it comes to writing. Oh, it, no. It took me a lot of years to thicken my skin. Mm-hmm. But, yep. It, yep. you know, once it's thick now, I'm like, whatever. And you also have to realize you are never going to please everyone. We're not all the same. We don't all like the same thing. And, and that's not, okay. And just because somebody likes one piece doesn't mean they're going to like all your pieces. True. Your stories aren't going to resonate with everybody and not everybody is going to like all of your pieces. You could have a reader that loves, loves your work and reads just about everything you put out, but they might not read everything because it doesn't, it's just not for them. And that's okay. Yep. Yep. And that's that, that was not difficult for me to understand, but it was difficult for a friend of mine to understand because he he's like, he sent me, it was a critique partner of mine and sent me one of his pieces. I'm like, well, it was okay. I gave you some suggestions, but it was okay. What you didn't like it. I'm like, well, no, not really. So right. was it poorly written? I'm like, no, I just didn't really like the subject matter. Like I just didn't like the story. Like right. it's, It had nothing to do with the way you wrote it. It had nothing to do with the mechanics of it. I just, it just wasn't my thing. Right. Yeah. And and I try to look at it from my own perspective. Do I like every piece of writing? No. no. So right. I, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's advice for people who are just getting into writing is to just think about it that way instead of being like, oh, they hate me and just getting beat down. You have to look at look at every reader as yourself and every commenter as yourself as well. Yep, exactly. You know, and, and sometimes you have to look at the comments and think, I don't know what you've gone through in your life or are going through right now to comment like that on my piece, but here's True. some love honey. <laughs> exactly. And that's so true too. Cause you know, some of these people that are doing negative comments, they might just be in some kind of personal hell right now. And you happen to be the one that's getting their pokes. And they can keep reading while they do that. And I know, right. You can keep reading and come and poke me again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to read one of your stories. I know you sent me two and I've read one of them. So I'm going to narrate it for the episode when your podcast episode goes live. So I just need to pick one. I, I read the babysitter one and that was very, very naughty, sexy taboo. It was just delicious. That was a fantasy of mine from when I was babysitting. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't you love writing about that kind of thing where you're drawn from your own fantasy? I love yeah. to do that too. Somebody asked me once, so you're writing based on your fantasies. I'm like, some of it, right. which ones? I'm like, I'm not telling you, you have to try and figure that out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, my secrets. I know. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, you created all of them anyways, but I know people like to know that kind of thing, but whatever. 
So which were the two that I sent you again? Let's see. You sent me that one. And then it was an erotic horror. Let me look it up. I have my email on my phone up from you. And it was, let's see, Flawless Execution. Oh, I liked that one. Yeah. Do you? Okay. So it's an erotic horror genre genre bending. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was one of the first ones I wrote. There's a femme fatale in it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. I can't wait to read it. I wanted to read both of them before the before I interview you, but I didn't quite make it. I will read it. And then I'll, I don't know how I'm going to pick either. It's going to be hard to pick. <laughs> well, <laughs> so much um, fun. It, okay. Well, let's put it this way. If you, if you want one, that's just fun down and dirty sex, the babysitter. Okay. Yep. If you want one that goes uh, a little bit more into uh, the makings of a femme fatale and mm. the downside to the breakdown of a relationship, then flawless. Okay. Very intriguing. Well, I, I'm going to read it and then I'll decide, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But flaw of the two flawless is my favorite. Oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, but I, the babysitter was definitely up there too, but flawless, <laughs> flawless. I wrote uh, the original part of it. I wrote in as part of my pandemic prompts. Sure. Did it into what it is now. Nice. And I abs- I do absolutely love that story. Millie is amazing. Mm, intriguing. I like that name. What I really like, I mean, I hate the whole pandemic thing, but there's so many writers who say these kinds of things where during the pandemic, I blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just really incited and put a flame under so many people. It was just, there's one positive thing I can see that has come out of this is that people have really explored and expanded and just done things they maybe not wouldn't have done otherwise. They were forced to step out of their comfort zones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I was forced to step into a little bit of a comfort zone as a coping mechanism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, uh, but yeah, flawless. If I would, if I would ask you, I say read flawless, but that's just me. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll totally do what you want. I mean, you, wanna... you read the one you want to read after you pick them, but if you're going for, for a tiebreaker or anything, I vote flawless. Cause it's my, okay. Favorite. Very intriguing. I can't wait to read it and decide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there anything else you would like to talk about or touch on before we end? I don't know. I don't really want to end. I'm having fun talking with you, but unfortunately, <laughs> I, mean, unfortunately I have to. I'm really upset that it's like 1030 in the morning because I love a glass of wine right now. I know. You know, I did that <laughs> recently. I did an interview with a woman who's the director of the Erotic Intelligence Center in New York. And she goes, hey can we do it like as a girl's night and we just sit and drink wine and we had to do the interview? I'm like, hell yes. It was so much fun. Yep. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I had a hot toddy because no. I'm like old, but it's just not the same as, as a red wine. <laughs> oh, I know. I love red wine. I love wine. That's one of my favorite things to beverages to intake. The only other thing that I'm, I'm expanding into is I'm looking into doing audio recordings of my work. Oh, nice. Yes. I know a lot about that. Yes. Awesome. I'm thinking I've put out preliminaries, like just record it on the phone, see how I sound. And uh, I think I'm going to be the narrator. Awesome. So where will you put it once you narrate it? The first, the first little bit is part of the uh, tiers on Subscribestar. Okay, nice. Yes. The upper tiers will get a, a free recording every month of something. Awesome. That's great. I love hearing people that like to do that. I just think 
it gives such a different experience to listen to, especially listen to an author narrate their own work. It's just, it's as I, as I said to a friend of mine, I said, it's, it's kind of like original artists and their songs. Nobody, nobody does a song like the original artist, whether they have written it or not. The original artist is nine times out of 10, the best one to do that song. And I find the same goes for stories and the narration by the authors, because that author has an emotional connection to the work that the narrator doesn't. The narrator, you can get amazing narrators, but that connection just, it's almost a visceral connection between us and the work. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. So, and I, the one I did, like I said, I just recorded it on my phone, sent it to a couple of friends and said, so what do you think? Should I go for it? Right. And I won't tell you exactly what was said, but it was a yes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Hearing people go into that area because it's, yeah, it's just another area to express yourself and express your work and your words and be a storyteller. And I've been a storyteller forever. Like I, I was telling stories, verbal stories to my young cousins when I was a kid. Love it. We'd go have sleepovers. I tell everybody bedtime, like tell them a bedtime story. We went read it. I tell it to them. Right. I did that yes. for a lot of years. Did awesome. that when I went to daycare with my own kids, everything. Right. Oh, I love that. What a great way to delve into your, your creativity and enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I, and I do actually, I did enjoy recording it. Like it was fun for me to do it. It was, it's one of those things where it brings the story to a new level as like looking at it as a reader brings it to a new level as I was recording it even. Yes. And the more you do it, the more like acting you get into it. And it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I could tell. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And we'll, right now it's just going to be little bit sound bites on subscribe star, but down the line, I want to actually, you know, publish audiobooks and stuff like that. And we'll see how that goes. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I want to mention quick before we end here is recently I saw someone had embedded a soundgasm into their story on Medium so that people could listen to it there. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. You've heard of soundgasm? I don't know. It's free. You can you can record it and you can upload and you just create an account and then you have this link and you can put this link anywhere you want. So you could put the link right in your your story on Medium. Neat. Okay. I'll have to look into that. Right. I mean, it's just another way to get, get started in it. I mean, obviously the only thing I, only thing that's not good about it is it's going to take people away from medium to listen to that. Then they're not going to be reading your story. So there is a downfall to that. I'd say. Well, you know what? There's a downfall to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter <laughs> of figuring out the percentage kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but that's sound. I'll have to look into that. Because yeah. I know that they've got that new listen feature with Medium as well. Oh, do they? Okay. I have, the only thing I've seen on there has been that soundgasm. I didn't, well, I've heard of it, but I didn't know how to go about getting it on there other than that. Yeah, they have a, I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet, but I know on Medium, if you look on the new, they've revamped the website. Oh yeah, they did. Right. Okay. By the, by the title where it says that the a writer's name and whether you're following and the date it was done and up, up there, it'll say, I think it's red and it says, listen. Oh, okay. I have to look for that. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to look for that and see. Yes. I should give it a shot. I've not tried it yet, 
Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for talking with me. And I would love to talk to you anytime. Just message me or, you know, this was really fun and I'd love to do it again. Hey, baby, I can talk the ears off a of brass monkey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so much fun you, talking you, with you. you. Honestly, you want to shoot the shit and, hey, let's do a podcast on fill-in topic here. Give me a call. Just let's do it after like, you know, five so I can have a glass of wine and not feel like exactly. Oh, I'm in. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds damn fun to me. I'll talk to you later, sweetheart. Okay. You have an amazing day. You too. Bye. 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 Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it very much. The excerpt and my chat with Heather Holmes, Heather C. Holmes. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. And she has books on Amazon and of course, some many, many, many stories on Medium. So check her out. I'll put all her links down in the podcast notes so you can follow her and find more of her yummy stories. And I will put my link tree down in the podcast notes as well, which will give you access to all of where I am. And I have a new novella out that is in pre-sale in my Sex Challenge series. It's a series of novellas where a couple in their second marriage, so they're newlywed, second marriage newlyweds, And they are having a day of sex play where they are teasing and edging each other all day long in different scenarios. They have all these games where they're engaging each other and trying to see who can make it, who comes, who will succumb to their desires and just get overwhelmed by passion. So much fun. So the second one is now in presale. It is called the Grocery Store Sex Challenge. It is an erotic romance. So it's a rom-com. It's it's a comedy as well. And it's erotic and it's romance and it's super yummy. So that is in pre-sale on Amazon right now. And the first book in this series is already available. The Kitchen Sex Challenge as an ebook and an audiobook. The Grocery Store Sex Challenge will also become an audiobook in the future. So check it out. Check out how much fun they have. They have a lot of romance and intimacy and just love for each other and enjoyment. So thank you again for listening to this podcast episode. And I hope that you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.